0: Welcome into ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. Would you be shocked that Desmond Ritter played well this year? And we'll just keep it simple.
1: Bravo to the Bravos.
0: And last but not least, and for the culture, how much are you willing to pay to add a couple more inches?
1: This is ATL Day 1s, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: I'm going to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day One's is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Coming up in about six minutes, we're going to talk about DeAndre Hunter. Should he stay or should he go? But first, we've got to talk about Grady Jared, right? He was on uh, morning, uh, Good Morning Football, which is probably one of my favorite shows to catch when I get get a chance. I think it's one of the a really good studio shows, and I think they really do a good job of of bringing in the player aspect of their thing. And he was on there, and they asked him about Desmond Ritter and whether or not they will be shocked. He will be shocked if um, if um, Desmond Ritter plays well. They asked him like him step into that role and what he will be this year man you know time time gonna tell man but it's a reason why we believe yeah. this. uh he's been a great leader for us um in the time that he's been here you know going into his second year but I mean also just the physical the physical skills it take to be a great quarterback in this league and I'm excited to see him um you know take the reins and with this opportunity that he has but uh I mean we believe in him wholeheartedly and uh, I think he's gonna shock a lot of people but it won't be a shock to us man or himself because oh. he's got who has super confidence in himself see
1: no lies told (laughs) no lies told and no I would not be shocked there's a reason that everyone and this is everyone right so when you're going up against your number ones even if it's just voluntary OTAs there are some things that you can see in certain people we've said it for many players over time we'll see you know oh wow uh He's committed to blocking. And of course, I'm talking about the, the O-line in this example. Mm-hmm. Or oh, okay, they're actually putting Bijan Robinson in the slot. Okay. So there are certain things that we see. You you saw it at Lowry Branch, saw it at the Benz, and you've heard others talk about it. It's the leadership. So I'm gonna go mm-hmm. with the reason I believe it is because of the intangibles. Now I agree with Grady, you know, physically he's gifted and got a great arm or what have you, but I think it's the ability to command and to teach and to have your players be receptive to that. And for the leader, the undisputed leader of this entire team, really, Grady Jarrett, for him to talk about being excited to see what you're going to do in the leadership space. Yeah, no, I, I think that he's going to, like Grady said, he won't shock me, he won't shock Grady, and he certainly won't shock himself. I think He'll probably shock a lot of other people because I do still think that there is overarching an underestimation of the Falcons as a whole, right down to QB one.
0: And and I think that. I don't think the, the level of shock is going to be where he's going to throw for 5,000 yards no, and 40 touchdowns no. or anything like that, but I think given Can't. the type of system right, yeah, like that's in not that going to happen. He yeah. threw the ball 24 times last year on average, and the average is 33 in the NFL, so I think that number goes up just a little bit. I probably mean by 26 to 27. 27 yeah. Uh, yeah I think that's kind of the sweet spot for Arthur Smith because, you know, at the end of the day, he want to run the rock, so that's what it yes. is. So I think Arthur Smith will keep him around that number. He's really good mm-hmm. at that when, as far as into game planning from week in and week yes. out so i think those are some of the things that is going to keep desmond ritter you know under wraps so to speak because he's a guy that that will take some chances yes. I, I that's one thing i noticed about him he trusts his arms uh arm a lot and i think he's going to be willing to kind of stick it in there especially when you're talking about getting the ball to um Kyle Pitts, you know over the middle uh mm-hmm. or, or those opposing defense so i think that for me I'm not going to be shocked because, like I said, given the game plan and what I know what Arthur Smith is trying to do, but I do feel like people will be shocked because like there's no there's literally no expectation for this guy. And literally, yeah. if you keeping it all the way funky, there really are really no expectations for all the quarterbacks in this division. Because, yeah. you know, even though Derek Carr has put up some decent numbers out there in uh Las Vegas, but you know, nobody – I don't feel like no one really – and I don't really trust Derek Carr like that, and I'm not even putting too much stock into what he's able, was going to be able to do um, as, as a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints because, hey, at the end of the day, those are some of the – that's a team that I really don't feel like it's going to be somebody to worry about. Obviously, it's a, a, a rivalry going down, but I just don't think they are the team that to be that concerned about, especially when you have Dennis Allen as your head coach. But I think right. that Des Grady – I think you make a good point. They're, they aren't going to be shocked, that, and that's good to hear from a, from your leader of your team. Yeah. But I think overall there's going to be something that Ritter does throughout this year that it's only going to take one a couple plays, T. It's yeah. only going to take a couple plays, a couple throws to win a game, and then everybody's going to be on board like, oh, okay, what's going on down there in Atlanta? <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah, And and the other reason I'm not shocked is because he can't go anywhere but up. So yeah. and I don't think right. that you get players like Drake London and when you get Kyle Pitts back and you get Bijan Robinson just for a game manager because yeah. you wouldn't have you wouldn't be giving him weapons you know you went out and you got some free agents for him as well t- at the tight end spot at the yeah. wide receiver spot so you you're building around him and you're giving him his most solid O line maybe the most solid O line we've seen from the Falcons in arthur smith's entire tenure maybe the last five years so not just is it going to be about him but it's all of the weapons and everything surrounding him that's going to allow him to show us that he can succeed and that he can play at this high level
0: yeah and i and i think you 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 nailed you hit the nail on the head when you talk about what what he actually is going to you know be able to do because of the surrounding pieces right because the falcons made a very big point of making sure that he has all the weapons that he need in order to be successful um, in twenty twenty three. Now, speaking of being successful in the next season, how about that? You know, we've been talking about the Hawks and trying to figure this thing out. T and I think that when you now that John Collins is gone, you know that's that four spot that we talked about. The front core may look really different in the once the season starts in the fall, but when you think about DeAndre Hunter and what he br- has brought to the table, I know for me, I th- I still don't know what he is quite exactly. So I, I think when you t- think about whether or not he's going to be on this roster, um, for me, do you feel like it's, it's, it's his time to go? And if so, is there a person that you have in mind that you probably would um, be willing to replace him with?
1: Yeah. The only one I can think of as far as like, you know, not having a player option that might put you back on your, the current team like a Josh Hart or mm, yeah. um, your restricted uh, free agent, if you will, is – and that's like a Matisse Thibault, right? Yeah, yeah. Is K.J. Martin. Had a chance to see him up front. Of course, he's with the Rockets. And one of the things I like about him is that he's good off ball. He's good yeah. off ball. He can act – and he can actually move in transition. And he is good at defense. So that gives – Quinn Snyder, something to work with, yeah. but he also has a three-point shot that is a bit more consistent than what we've seen out of DeAndre Hunter because that's the biggest thing. Their numbers aren't that different, about 13 points a game for K.J., uh, about six rebounds a game, and about 32% shooting from three. Numbers aren't that different except that those numbers for K.J. Martin represent consistency with mm-hmm. deandre hunter it's more like you might get a 30 29 point game one night and then a nine point game the next yeah so yeah for me i i would there are de- there's definitely some opportunity there i think it's just a matter of who would quinn snyder think that has the best upside for what he's trying to do in the system he's trying to employ for the hawks
0: yeah kj martin intrigues me uh, as well because like i think that you know that that off ball piece makes a lot of sense because yes. we don't need anybody that needs the rock in their hands to be able to create you know right. I'm like, <laughs> the Hawks have enough of that to you yes you know what yes. i'm saying Dejounte and, and, and trey are still trying to figure that thing out so we'll need to add any more to that equation as far as being able to handle the rock but so True. and then that three-point piece is, is is huge for me as well yes. now i'm going to ask you this i probably know the answer to this because there's another name that i came across that uh <laughs> That was on the uh, all defensive team and you know where i'm going with this i see you start shaking your head so you're follow me here you know at least till i ask the question uh he's an unrestricted free agent. um averaged about 14 points last year you know year before that he was at 18 points a game you know what i'm saying he shot about 33 for three last year you know what about dylan brooks what about him <laughs>
1: I mean, he's unrestricted for a reason. <laughs> like, I mean, just, I, just, what do you do with that? Like, I don't even know. Like, I, I, I really wish I could start somewhere, but I can't because he. I don't know the and, and 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 you know. To be fair, to be fair, he definitely is a really solid player who, who yeah. would bring something meaningful to the table so i take nothing away from that piece what concerns me is whether or not that's the kind of energy that's going to work for this team because Ooh, this team yes. still has some chemistry challenges we'll Damn. say right so I think one of
0: them is gone you know i think yeah exactly Because right. John Collins is gone. yeah because yeah. to
1: be yeah. honest he was the cheerleader of the team if you will but whether or not he was kind of the glue i'm not sure that i would call him that So that would be my biggest concern with Dylan Brooks. Like, where is his head? And on a night where, you know, his head ain't right, or he's got something to say, how quickly can Quinn Snyder reel him in? Now, the good news is Quinn Snyder doesn't really have anybody else to to reel in with this team, right? So that's, that's the good thing. You'd only be dealing with one. It's not out of the question. It's just a matter of how do you get that Dylan Brooks to realize the reason you're no longer a grizzly is because of Mm. this and this and this. And if you want to be a Hawk and remain a Hawk, at least for the duration of the season, here's what the expectations are going to be. And you know what, Jarvis, maybe that's as easy as putting some verbiage in a contract about behavior could be that simple. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I chuckle about it and say, what about him? Because I know that wouldn't be the easiest (laughs) fit. I think KJ Martin would be the easier fit, but you would at least if there's an opportunity, you, would at least take a look at Dylan Brooks. Yeah, he should no doubt.
0: and and especially when you have a coach who can get into the minds of players and and unlock some things that haven't necessarily come out, and maybe he can unlock some common sense. You know, and not try yeah. to be a WWE star. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, I like I like the answer. T. I, I, you, you had me scared for a little minute. I was like, come on, another dude got a little talent. Now, oh so, yeah, yeah, no doubt about the talent. Yes, <laughs> indeed,
1: indeed. And if you can take, we always talk about having dogs and the fact that. Okay, do the hogs have a dog or not? He might be like a fake dog, somewhat because yeah. I don't think he's really outside, rough and yeah, tough. Yeah, outside, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think on the outside, he's Rrr, on the inside, yeah. he's, eh, but yeah. I think ultimately you can kind of reset that and remix that maybe. And he might be that dog that, that you need that we haven't really seen in a while.
0: Yeah, we definitely know that the Braves have some dogs. How about this? Alex Anthopoulos has done it again. But first, got to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sportsbook in America. Just like we talked about baseball season is full effect, y'all. Like, I need y'all to come on. I need y'all to, like, really, really listen to me right now. For all your new customers, they have the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Yes, $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. And all you got to do is just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And so don't miss your chance. Don't, don't miss your chance to snag your know, no sweat first bail, up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with, with permission.
1: Yeah, So if you're a betting person, you probably need to keep betting on the Braves because they are really, really delivering 20 and four so far in the month of June with their most recent triumph over the Minnesota Twins. And not a bad team, a team that came to Truist Park over 500, a team that left Truist Park under 500. (laughs) But that's that's what the Braves are doing, dismantling teams, winning eight series in the month of June and yet another one, a sweep. So 3-0 was the count last night and or yesterday, and a lot of that was due to a guy who was on a plane to play a Minnesota team, but it was the AAA Minnesota team. So he was a yeah. triple A Gwinnett. He yeah. gets the call. Hey, man, you're going to have to fly back to Atlanta. He flies back to Atlanta and then gives the Braves almost five innings of just eight strikeouts, just amazing pitching. So first want to start with him because this is his first start. 2023 after spending time on the 60 day il so Mm -hmm. how important is it for the braves to have seen him on his first start in the majors with them to have an outing like that
0: it's it it just goes back to you know brian snicker and double-a right because when everybody we talked about on this show we talked about how mike soroka was the guy and you know, and, and Mark Bowman, you know, had, had, was tweeting out saying, "Hey, more than likely he's going to be a guy." Even Jeff Schultz of the Athletic did the same thing. Like we was like, "Okay, multiple guys are reporting that Michael Soroka might be the guy." But yes, like it also then came out. Snicker kind of gave a little insight as to why they um brought Kobe out in the because they like the matchup, right? You know, it's a left-handed pitcher. You know, when Michael Soroka is a right-hander, a righty. You know, they like they, they, they like the matchup. And guess what? he end up in, end up proving them right, like you're talking about, to, to the tune of eight strikeouts, only one wall, you know. And those are some of the things that you kind of take a look at, you know, and even talked about how, you know, maybe he should have kept them in the game. You, we mentioned it just a little bit yesterday, but, like, I, I'm at the point now where I'm not going to question those guys when they make certain decisions. You know, I know I know that's the that was the easy thing to do early on in Snickers tenure, and uh, um, but now I'm at a point where I actually trust this guy when it comes to making those necessary decisions. And it, it definitely looked like the right one. And yeah. being that Michael Soroka is more like going to hit the mound on Friday. I'm all for that. Let, let me let's see Michael Soroka. He's been doing well in AAA ever since he got sent down. I, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. And the bullpen helped. The from an efficiency standpoint yes. so they didn't you know tire themselves out if you will it's a day game right? right so really you've got a day and a half to reset for a big showdown with the marlins as they are just six and a half games back of the graves in the nl east so i think like you said he was playing a chess game of saying hey i know what's going to work in this final game against the twins and i also know what i have to face this weekend so i'm Thinking ahead for him, it was probably he was probably looking at it almost like it was a four game series, meaning the twins kind of tacked on to the Marlins, if you will. But it's interesting because the piece last night and, and we talk about this all the time, too. If you take Ronald Acuna Jr. out of the equation, Jarvis, you could literally, literally make the case for anybody else being an MVP at any time. Matt right. Olson is that second guy who's the MVP right now. It was Austin years. Riley at a point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if you can plug and play, uh, Sean Murphy, you can plug and play Marcel Ozuna, what he's done at the plate. You can plug yeah. and play. And the reason I mention that is this, because when you start adding those pieces, right, mm-hmm. and you look at it holistically, you get a Colby Allard to give you what you need, and right there lurking in July – would be Max Fried and Kyle Wright. And hopefully Michael Soroka shows up uh, big tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's how you have a near historic month. 20 and four is where they are now. If they happen to finish 21 and four and get that first game against the Marlins, here's what they would be. The only team in major league history to win 20 plus games, hit 55 plus home runs and average 300 in a single month. Now, the Braves had a fourteen-year run back in the day. Yeah, you were okay. here to see it front and center. Do. I was watching yes. it from a distance, mm-hmm. but at the midpoint of the season, is this the best team you have ever seen? The Braves literally put out there night after night.
0: Yeah, embracing prisoner of the moment. You know, when when almost that's kind of how I feel when it comes to baseball because, like, you know, there are so many games. Like, I almost have to for me, I have to live in the moment, right? Living yes. in the moment, yes, to answer your question, yes. Like this is, this lineup, like from top to, like literally one through nine, adding in the DH piece, right? Yes. Because we didn't have that during during that run back in the 90s with the Atlanta Braves. Like, so pitchers at the back, you know what I'm saying? You had guys like Tom Glavine who embraced that and loved to actually get up to the plate and actually try to do some things with, um, with that bat in his hands. But when you think about now, like, with what the way Marcelo Zuna is swinging the bat, like you mentioned, Matt Olson up here in conversations with Shohei Otani, like oh he's right on his heels, or, or he's right mm-hmm. there, or he's tied at the top of, of, yes. of the major leagues with home runs. So those are some of the things that I, I look at and say, you know what? Yeah, you have to because like this team is loaded. Then Sean Murphy, like who brought who was brought in for defensive purposes, but he's been. He's been a hell of a guy at the plate as well. Yes, then you got yes. the MVP candidate and, and, and Ronald Acuna. Then let's go ahead and talk about Michael Harris the second as well, who's been tearing the cover off the ball. The dude is in conversation with Ted Williams, like we talked about yes. that yesterday. Go check that episode out if you missed it. But I think those are some of the things that I have to take into consideration and say, you know what? Yes. I haven't seen a lineup like this one through nine because, like, yeah, the DH got added in a couple of years ago, so. Looking up and down this roster, like this is murderer royalty. Like literally, there are no breaks going yeah. up and down this doggone lineup for sure.
1: It's it's not, and that's why you can see them having seventy six games out of eighty where they literally had a run in the first inning because they're, they they punish you early. Crazy. And yes. it is crazy because when you put the Marlins and Mets together. 159 games combined. Guess how many runs they had in the first innings? 47. That's, yeah. So look at the margin, the difference in the team that technically is on your heels at six and a half games back. But when I think about that, I say to myself too, you know, this team has always prided itself on defense, right?
0: Right, And
1: with the pitching rotation and really the pitching staff overall, bullpen included, it really seems like they figured it out. Like even if they have an off night or one has an off night, somebody's right there to say, "Hey, you can you can pull him from the game, put me in, and I'll finish, close this inning out, or I'll close out this game." And then of no course, no matter you the situation
0: too, I just want to add real quick, um, no matter the situation too, because the Twins went 0 for 23 t yeah. and with runners in scoring position, so yeah. it's just like that's how you start a rotation bullpen. Right. What well, don't matter, yep. like whoever's on the mound, they were getting the job done.
1: Exactly, that's how you get a four hit game. Yes. That's exactly how you get a four-hit game. Exactly. So, yeah, you really like them as a collective. And I say all of those things because, number one, I don't really see a weakness. Whereas, a month ago, I might have told you I did see a weakness and thought that maybe Alex Anthopoulos was going to go and do something big, maybe towards the trade deadline, yeah. for the bullpen. But is there really a weakness, like one that you should be concerned about, or are even the weaknesses easy fixes?
0: Wow, that is a good question. Um, when I, obviously the first thing to come to mind, Max Free Kyle Wright, right? Like you mentioned earlier, Max Freeze is set to come back in July sometime, and Kyle Wright a little bit further back than that mm-hmm. in August. So, so gonna, that's that's my concern. But I don't feel like that's a weakness because hey, they've been figuring it out, right? Whatever, whatever strong band aid, super strong band aid that you could think of, that's what the Braves has been running out there, you know, to be especially in the month of June, like yes. with the tune to the tune of being 20 and four in this month and, and trying to break a major league record or at least tie uh, a major league record for wins yeah. in the month. So I can't sit up here and say that there's a weakness because the way they're swinging the bat. The waiter, that bullpen is 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 actually coming through for them, and whoever out on the mound, whether it be Spencer Strider or Bryce Elder and all those guys, like I can't sit up here and say, you know what? Yeah, they probably need to go out and go get another guy, or Alex and Thoppers need to get on the phone. Like I was like that in the beginning of the year, but now I'm cool. Like I'm cool. I'm cool with whoever they put out there because at the end of the day. If their pitchers don't get it done, those bats more than likely, especially yeah. as, as hot as it is outside, mm-hmm. that's as hot as those bats have been as of right. late. And this is where you start being nitpicky, right? Because right. the only weakness that
1: I would say, and again, nitpickiness, is defense. They had four errors in game two against the twins, but that's also uncharacteristic of them. So again, that's just nitpicking. And to me, that's something that they easily course correct because Michael Harris II had what? A double play last night. And -hmm. then there was a 4-6-1 play that was so beautiful between Ozzy Albies and Orlando Arcio after they'd made those errors in that game. So they cleaned it up, fixed it quickly. But again, that's just nitpicking because I also believe anything that you can find that's a little bit of a disconnect for them is something that is an easy fix. So yeah, everydayers, what say you? I mean, you guys, especially those of you who are born and raised here, like me, you're a transplant, but you've been a Braves fan all your life. Do you guys think that this, at this midpoint, is the best Braves team that has been? The best Braves team that they've tried it out there? Let us know. Of course, check us out on YouTube. And that is where you can make your comments about the Braves. Or if you want to comment about the Falcons and Grady Jarrett's, Thoughts on Desmond Ritter, do that too. And of course, if you're driving down the road, make sure you download this podcast before you get on the road so you can listen to us and have a nice, beautiful, sunny day going down these streets of Atlanta.
0: But this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. You know, I asked a weird question to start the show and uh, we're go go ahead and get into actually what that is, right? Like, you know, as a man, T, um, <clears throat> you know, I've been tall all my life, so I don't know what it is to be a short man. I have no clue whatsoever. I'm 6'5, right? But there's a man that uh was 5'5, five five, a foot shorter than me. His name by uh his name is uh Denzel Siggers. Uh he decided to say, you know what? I'm tired of being short. I'm tired of being turned down by women. He was 5'5, T. The man went out and cut the check. For eighty k, yep, I said it, eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, I said like that, eighty thousand dollars. T, so he can be six feet tall, and and from what my understanding is, T, like he's getting some early returns on his investment. <clears throat> Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it seems to be working for him. And you know what? Listen, I have to tell the truth. I have to tell the truth. Of you know, course, I, yeah. like you, I've been tall yeah. my entire life with the exception of, I think second grade, it was actually the shortest little dumpy girl in second grade. And that was it. So if you've been tall, you're on the other side. So I get it because there are a lot of times where I'll see a guy, he's like six, two, his significant. Other is like five, six. And I'm going for real. Like, really? <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, it's so tall girl problems. Many days I have wished not to be this tall because right. uh, it is tough uh, in these streets when you're this tall as, as a female. But as a man, I can imagine it must be difficult as well, because if you're like most women, they're not even looking your way like they don't yeah. even see you because mm-hmm. women see that height is sort of like low key protection, for lack of a better term. That's you know what that, it represents yeah. to most women. So. I mean, I don't think I would pay eighty grand if somebody came and said, Hey T, you could be five seven or five six instead of five darn near eleven. I don't think I would take it, but yeah. I understand. Yeah. My heart goes uh, out to you. Since, I understand.
0: Since since we're keeping the fucking on the show, T, can I can I tell you something? You know, you know, my wife, you know, she's five seven, five eight ish. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's the tallest woman I ever dated, ever. I used to, you know, four eleven, five two, five three, yeah, I just I used to partake, you know, and um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I think I think I, because I saw my my grandfather, you know, he was six six. You know, my, gr- my grandmother, you know, she was five one, five two, so. You know, that's probably what I saw. I just probably saw that. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm subconsciously and, and went, went down that road. But yeah, like, but 80,000 though, that's a lot of bread. Oh my goodness, that's a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Denzel, man, I'm glad it's working for you. You know, he's saying he's been getting a lot more attention and women have changed how they view him. So, hey if that's your route you want to go in life man drop that 80k man go ahead and do what you got to do but i uh, hope you don't have any health
1: complications because of it down the road because you know getting that type of surgery offshore you don't know what might
0: happen you don't know what might happen um we know what's going to happen at tennessee state t how about this yes they have a hockey team about to get ready to come on board in 2024 they're gonna start off with the club. Um, As a club team for initially and then eventually, hopefully work their way into the division one level um, playing on playing on division one level uh, with with a hockey team as an official team. So how about that? First HBCU ever to have a hockey team team? What is going on out here?
1: Man, I really like that when I saw that I got so excited because the other piece of that is this. The Nashville Predators are a good team. They are a good franchise. So if you're going to partner with a franchise, that's one to partner with, right? Mm -hmm. And the partnership didn't just happen yesterday where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we want a hockey team and we want you to be our partners. The Predators have been supportive of Tennessee State since then, And that's what I love about the story because I don't want it to be a situation where it's just kind of a flash in the pan because... Like when that happens, that just kind of minimizes the effect for the school. But when you get them another team, that could mean extra dollars and just all it's really just evolving that campus. And potentially, if it works out well, it could happen at other HBCUs, just like uh, underwriting the underwriting that Steph Curry did for the golf team at Howard. Yeah. Yeah. So the hope is that you continue to evolve. But I love it because that's a niche sport. And I know that there was a time where hockey wasn't very friendly to people of color Indeed, and they are truly trying genuinely to change the narrative. So that's the other piece that I like to me. This is part of the NHL trying to change the narrative.
0: Yeah. And you appreciate that because a lot of times people can talk a good game when you're talking about changing a narrative when it comes to people of color or whatever my minority uh, may be involved in a particular situation. So, the fact that actually putting, you know, like literally foots the ground and, and and conversations to to action that's that's what you actually that's what you need and that's what I'm proud that you know Tennessee State has got been, a, been able to be the benefit of that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think well, we I hope. think that's something. we we hope. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. We yeah. yeah. Exactly. We'll keep our eye on it, but we also hope that we will see. The Braves get down to it tomorrow. We'll preview that big matchup against the Marlins. And of course, if there's any other news, because you guys know this is unofficial, official free agency Eve. The conversations can start really happening tomorrow night. So if we hear any word, you know, we're going to react to it. Don't forget to check us out each and every day because, Hey, we want to see what your reaction is to the word as well. If the Hawks make some moves, you can do that by putting a comment in the chat on YouTube and don't forget everyday everyday or don't forget to download us wherever you get your podcasts
0: and last but not least if you don't do anything else with your life make sure that you share love show love and most importantly spread love